You're listening to Habs Culture, a Montreal Canadiens podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Habs Culture and on Twitter at Habs underscore culture to stay on track with news and updates. I think the Habs are consistent at being inconsistent. This is the Habs Culture Podcast. My name is Mark Anthony Vertaja. I'm alongside Justin Schwartz. And today we're going to do something a bit different. Right now we're live on Instagram. We see people joining. They might ask questions. We don't know what, what they're going to do. Um, and we're going to answer them. We're going to see their comments. So the Habs get zero points out of four against rivals of their division. Now, I don't know how you feel about that, but fans around the team, including myself, um, were really mad. I don't know how you felt. I say it every episode, and I'm going to continue to say it. There is way too much inconsistency. The Habs look like the best team in the league one game, and the next game look like possibly a a bottom five team. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what my reaction to that is. It's tough to watch because I don't remember the last game. I think it was maybe in Ottawa that they had four lines rolling. Right? Like now it's like one line's going and another line's not. So I think this brings us to our first topic of conversation. Jonathan Drouin. A talented center wing who came to Montreal, if I'm not mistaken, four or five years ago now. Am I right? Around there? I think it's been... Yeah, could be. Four, maybe? Regardless, I think his play is so concerning and disappointing to the point where it's affecting others around him. Primarily guys like Nick Suzuki. That's, that's the main guy. If you want to add in Toffoli a little bit, Josh Anderson a little bit, because he seems to be frustrated. I think Ducharme as a coach, as a young coach in this league, with very little experience, needs to make a statement. And by statement, I mean whether it be switching up the lines, because he's, he's kept the same lines for a really long time now. He doesn't change much whether it be changing the lines or benching someone on a consistent basis or calling someone up from the AHL, we both know who we're talking about here, Yeah, something needs to happen. Because we're not going to step into these playoffs, play the Leafs round one, and get absolutely obliterated. From what it looks like, they want to play the Leafs. Like, do they not understand the difference of playing the Jets or the Oilers in the first round? It's a huge difference. If you're rolling four lines and every line is playing the same way, you're going to kill Edmonton. You're going to kill Winnipeg because their bottom six sucks. That's what I was going to say. And the difference between those two teams, not Winnipeg, but Edmonton and Toronto are two teams that don't have much depth at all. Now, Toronto's star power trumps their lack of depth. However, Edmonton's doesn't. They have two guys 
that run that team. And we know their names. I don't yeah, need to say them. We don't have to say that. But I cannot name you their bottom six. I cannot name you anyone past Dreisaitl, McDavid, and Nugent Hopkins. You want to add in Pugliarvi? Sure. Jujai Kara? Who? I'm sorry, who? I'm not, not familiar. They are so weak when it comes to depth. And we all know that playoff teams have significant depth. So the difference in playing the Leafs and the difference in playing Edmonton is drastic. Drastic. Look, I hate losing to the Leafs. But you have to give them credit because they played a solid game except for their second period against the Habs. Like, they, they played a solid game. But look, Mark, it's not about giving them credit. They're a good hockey team. That, there's, no, there's no denying yeah. that. Yeah. But what, what's, the, what's the main difference? And we talked about this maybe in the very first episode. What's the difference between the Leafs and the Habs? Austin Matthews. Okay. What's the second difference between the Leafs and the Habs? Mitchell Marner. Okay. What's the third and fourth difference between the Leafs and the Habs? The million-dollar man, Jonathan Tavares. Mark, N- William Nylander would be our best player. Please. Would he? Well, do you want to say Suzuki, Toffoli? Yeah, Toffoli. I still think Nylander would be our most skilled player. And it's sad to say because Drouin can be that skilled player, but he doesn't have a John Tavares between him to tell him, hey, you have to win your puck battles. Because I think the biggest difference um, for the Leafs this year and last year is that Austin, Austin Matthews, sorry, and Mitch Marner took a step that wasn't offensive. They took a defensive step in their you game. You saw it in the game against the Habs the other night. They win their puck battles down low, go down the other way, and score. Jonathan Joins back-checking like he's in Bantam. Can we, can we go to the question of the day? Or, sorry. I just want to make a statement. I want to make a very bold statement. Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. And this is for the viewers on the live as well if anyone agrees or disagrees. I truly think that Jonathan Drouin should be scratched. He should be a healthy scratch until he's able to prove otherwise. But then who comes in? Mark, it doesn't matter. He's not contributing offensively or defensively. Anyone else would do a better job than him right now. Did you know, fun fact, did you know that he has, he is the biggest minus on the Habs, including Eric Stahl, who played 30 games in Buffalo. What does that tell you? Yeah. I I think he'll be put on the fourth line before getting scratched, and I think even that's a stretch. I just, I don't know. No, put him on the fourth line. Make him deserve, sorry, make him work for his minutes. Because right now, he doesn't deserve a minute of ice time, the way he's playing. What bothers me a bit is that Dominic Ducharme said those who play well, and I'm not quoting him, I'm just saying what he said, will get ice time. Those who play well will get ice time. But Kotkaniemi is staying on the bench. Last game, he wasn't. But the game against mm-hmm. Toronto, yeah. he sat the last five minutes. The game before that, when they beat Edmonton and Stahl was the OT hero, he sat. He didn't play a minute of OT time, right? No. 
It's just Suzuki's playing big minutes, but he's not performing. And I understand that he can, but right now he's not. You're talking about Suzuki? Yeah. Look, I heard Norma Flynn say it this morning. We talked about it. I think it's important to, you know, talk about here. I'm not going to blame everything on Drew. But lines in the NHL that are considered to be the best lines in the NHL have one thing in common, and that's chemistry. Drew Wang, who's been paired with Suzuki basically all season, inseparable, have shown very little signs of chemistry. With that being said, where does Ducharme draw the line and say, let's switch up these lines? Because it's not working. You can't possibly tell me that these lines are working, especially that line in particular. So, what he changed? I want to hear what you guys say. If you guys hear me on the live, what what happens with the lines here? Where does Kotkaniemi go? Do you keep him on the right? Yes, absolutely. You don't center him with Joy. Uh, no, no. Try to change things up. You, we, we both watched the game last night. Yeah, we both watched the game last night, and. Kotkaniemi on the wing does one thing better than he does at center. And that's shoot the puck. Yeah. He has been shooting a lot more. And a player like him, who's not at center, has a lot less defensive responsibility. If I'm not mistaken, right? As a centerman... In the defensive zone. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You have to get down low. You have to worry about your assignment. You have to make sure that your wingers are set up properly for a proper breakout. And now playing on the wing, he doesn't have that same responsibility. He has so much less to think about, and he can focus on his offensive game. So, I don't know. I. It's tough to say because, look, right now, where's Eric Stahl? He's playing between Toffoli and... But that doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to Who's me. Who's the other one? Is it, is it Drew? It's uh, Drew and Toffoli, Eric Stahl. That line, to me, makes no sense. We talked about it when Mark Stahl was on the trade market, and we even talked about it last step, last episode when Mark Stahl got traded. Mark Stahl, Jesus. Eric, Eric Stahl <laughs> got traded to the Habs. Why is he getting second-line minutes? Look, he's done some, some good things. It's just there's something that when he came in, the chemistry was a bit ruined. Like, even Josh Anderson... There's just something wrong with this with these lines. I'm not even sure how to fix it. Because Corey Perry's our best player. He played 20 minutes last night. 20 minutes. How old is he? I don't know how he did that. And how is he going to do that for the rest of the season? Um, at that point, might as well pick him up in fantasy. 20 minutes a night. Holy cow. <laughs> we have yeah. a couple questions, by the way. Do we? Yeah. I just clicked on it. I wasn't sure how to do it, but... From Matthew Goldenberg, he asks, will the, ne- will the next time we be good is when we get an English coach? Well, it depends who the coach is. Yeah, but... Obviously, if it's Barry Trotz. But when the Habs organization is constantly picking from only French coaches, you narrow your choices down to a select few. Look, there are some good French coaches in the National Hockey League. Um... Right now, I don't see... 
Like, I, I don't see that as an issue, the language. Like, I understand where you're coming from, where there's a bigger selection. But what, you're going to bring in Mike Babcock over Dom Ducharme? No, not necessarily, but... Like, available coaches right now. I, I still think Ducharme has something to prove. I don't think he's a bad coach. Me neither. Not at all. But it's just been like that because this is a province where we speak French, we speak English, but someone's got to answer to the French media. And look, I don't completely agree with it, but I don't think um, the French coach is doing such a bad job. And I don't think it's because of the language. No, no. That's not what I'm saying, though. No, no. I know. I'm just... Because, Because right away... And there's a few questions if you want to get to them in a second. But the last comment I want to make is that when Claude Julien gets fired, the first thought by the Habs organization is not, let's go look for the best available guy. I don't think it should have been. Well, that's up for speculation and debate. It should have been promote the guy that was brought here to one day become the coach, and it was Dom Ducharme. But was that the plan overall? I I don't know. I think Dom Ducharme was brought in to one day be the head coach of the Montreal Canadiens. Look, that's definitely a possibility. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Anyway, got a question from uh, uh, from Chris. Who would you like to be the next head coach? Dominic Ducharme. I, I think we're going to stick with Ducharme here. It has to be. I. First of all, Mark Bridgman isn't firing another coach. He can't. At one point, how many are going to go through? What do we mean to be Buffalo? Well, at one point, it's going to be Bergevin, the guy that's gone. Exactly. So, but I don't think they're going to get to a point where they're going to fire the coaching staff and the general manager. Manager. I don't think it's going to get to that point. No, I think this it's just team, going to be like, it's either it's going to be one or the other. Yeah, but this team can win. It, if they have consistency and they play a full 60 minutes of hockey... I see no reason for them to have troubles in a seven-game series against any of these teams if they play 60 minutes every game, which obviously it's a lot to ask. Look, they might lose in seven to Toronto. They might lose in six to Toronto. But it's better than playing 25 minutes of hockey like they did against the Leafs. Mm -hmm. Well, 25 because the last five minutes. So can I bring something up? Yeah, go ahead. Just to, you know, agree with you in a sense. The Habs are a team that will never play a full 60 minutes, but they get close. I'll give it 45 to 50 minutes. Yeah. Those 10 minutes where the Habs, you know, back off and say, we're not in the mood to play right now. Every team they've played against so far this season has capitalized on that. Yeah. We are unable to take minutes during the game off you can't we're not a team like that the second you do that you get three goals scored on you in the blink of an eye so with that being said we have the depth to be able to play a full 60 minutes i think it now comes from the coaching and it i think it comes from the players wake up it i don't understand how one game it could be a specific line like Kotkaniemi's and Deno's, and then another day it's a different line. Mm-hmm. Why can't they all be running? And I know it's a lot to ask, 
but that's what it takes to win the National Hockey League. Hmm. We don't have Austin Matthews. We don't have Connor McDavid. But, see the, but Mark, the thing is, is that if you look at, if I'm not mistaken, 2018 or 2019 Stanley Cup winner in the St. Louis Blues. Yeah. Name me a superstar. Yeah, but they had... They, they had depth. They yeah. had depth, and they had four lines that were able to yeah. compete on a night in, night out basis. That's what I'm saying. Night that night the Canadians can be successful. I'm not saying Stanley Cup here, but I'm saying they can be successful yeah. no, if they play the way they play. Now, obviously, the time they take the really big jump is going to be when Suzuki and Kotkaniemi really take a different level to their game, and that's going to depend on development. Yeah, I think they're doing fine. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I didn't love Kotkaniemi on the wing, but really? now he played a pretty good game. <clears throat> Um, I have another one here. Ali Alvi, Patrick Roy, head coach. <laughs> That's a sh- strong no from me. <laughs> like a strong no. What about Justin Sassoon says, when's Caulfield getting the call? When he scores a hat-trick tonight. <laughs> I, I think it's going to be sooner rather than later, though. I told you last night, Pierre Lebrun yeah. mentioned it, that he thinks, no doubt in his mind, that Cole Caulfield is going to be playing on the, have, on the team by the end of the season. I think it's just a matter of time. And that Gallagher injury... As unfortunate as it sounds, helped his case. We'll get into the Gallagher thing later because I want to talk about that. But if Caulfield comes, you, you think he gets put with Stahl? I think he does, even though I want him to. I, I want him to be with Kotkaniemi, but... I think Stahl is the perfect player for the fourth line. Yeah, put but he Jake didn't Evans come here. Wing. I, don't, I don't understand. Like, why are we... And you even mentioned it yourself. Why are we... You know, salvaging the development of these younger guys. Well, look, that's a very good argument. But at the end of the day, this team needs to win now. They do. But the thing is, is that Eric Stahl putting yeah. him on your second line is not solving those problems. <laughs> because Kotkaniemi and Suzuki have proven to take some significant jumps yeah. in their game yeah. over the past year. If you want to look back at the bubble, if you want to look back at the end of the season last year, last Wow, I'm speaking a little fast here. But last year, end of the season, Kotkaniemi was in the AHL. The bubble came around, exceptional hockey. During the summer, he played in the Finnish league. Did fairly well. Mm-hmm. Comes here this season, makes a big jump in his, takes a big jump in his game, looks much better than he did in the NHL last year. And now all of a sudden, we take a guy in Eric Stahl and promote him to the second line and Kotkaniemi to the wing where he's clearly not as comfortable. Listen, I don't mind him there. But I still think that he shouldn't be playing on the second line. Jordan Kravitz says, drop Drew into the third with Stahl and Tatar. I'm not opposed to it, but... It's just that Deneau's playing well with I like Tatar. And Tatar. I like Deneau and Tatar. Yeah. So, again, chemistry, right? There is chemistry there. Yeah. And I, I liked how Kotkaniemi joined. He doesn't bring the same game as Gallagher for obvious reasons. But mm. I liked what he brought. Hot Zone Hunter says... That he thinks he should be on, the, like Eric Stahl should be on the third line and not the fourth. I don't disagree with that. Well, I like I think, Evans on the fourth. Yeah, so do I. So I think it's interchangeable. But second line, I think, is a little bit of a. Well, I don't really mind the numbers, like Ducharme said. It's just, look, Eric Stahl, he's actually won some good faceoffs, some important ones, especially in overtime. Mm-hmm. But there's some lines that should be playing more than others, and there's some players that should be playing more than others. I'm not going to start naming out names because at one point I could complain about as many players as I want. But something's got to give because I don't see effort from more than one or two lines every night. It's mm-hmm. either one line, maybe it's two. For and half it's so consistent which, which line it is. It's never the same ones. 
And like I said before, the Gallagher thing. That's 3.5, 3.7 million dollars off the cap because now he's put on LTI. Gallagher. I don't know how LTI work necessarily works. It's, it's uh, not the full cap, is it? Yeah. It is the full cap. So the it's full not cap point. gets so taken off the books. So it would be six. No, no, it's his is this year. So it's three point. He got. He's he extended ex- as of next year. He extend, yeah, it's got next it. year. So, look, that is significant cap space that could be used properly. Look, at first, if Gallagher was in the lineup, Bergevin, I don't think he would have made a move at the deadline because he's done enough. But like I told you before, St. Louis is selling guys. I don't know about you guys. If you guys know, St. Louis is selling some people. Mike Hoffman, Vince Dunn, see what can happen. But defensively, look, a lot of people are giving hate to Victor Mete. Doesn't deserve it. I don't I don't agree that he I, does either. I don't want to hear it. I don't Victor like Mete. There's something about his game that he can create something out of nothing. If there's like a puck battle along the boards, closer to the neutral zone, we'll say, and that puck pops out, he's gone. But that's he creates what I, a chance. But that's what we talked about before. Ben Chirot in the lineup, what does he bring? He brings physicality, some size, a block shot. Like he, he blocks shots, hits a little bit. What Mete brings is skill, speed, and some offensive, some offensive upside. Sorry. Yeah. So, I'm not saying I'm not saying he's playing the best hockey of his life right now, but I think that he does bring something to the lineup that a lot of other players don't. Hot Zone Hunter says, "I don't think they should. I find them lazy." They're talking about uh, Gusev. Oh, Gusev. <laughs> Because oh. his, ter- his contract's <laughs> getting terminated tomorrow. It's getting terminated? Mm-hmm. He's been on and off waivers. I don't see it. Past- Gusev in Montreal. I don't know about you. I don't know where anyone would even fit in Montreal right now. Like, Mike just Hoffman. to go back on it, like, for example, there's a couple of questions still lingering there, but like Attila said, you guys think Taylor Hall would fit in Montreal? Like, no. I don't like Taylor Hall to begin with, to be completely honest with you. Taylor Hall is not elite. Yeah, yeah, that's that's. He lost that status. Day, he had a chance to solidify it, but he chose to sign with arguably the worst team ever. Do you? There was so much upside for Taylor Hall signing in Buffalo to play with it with Jack Eichel, a previous ninety-point scorer. <laughs> it just made sense. He needed that winger. He, they needed that type of winger. Um. I Did think Luke? also sorry, oh, sorry go ahead sorry no, no, go I, ahead. Just, I just saw up top that um that Corey Dankner said that Kakiemi and Suzuki should play together and I'm not opposed to it I'm not opposed to it but it won't at happen all. there's no way the coaching staff No there's them there's together. zero chance but you know again it comes back to inconsistency and when there is inconsistency you have to change things up until you find that perfect combination. Mm-hmm. By combination I mean that team that night in night out is going to give you the best chance to win. And right now the lines that he's rolling with and the co- the, def- the defensive combinations he's rolling with aren't working. So I've, so by those standards switching it up a little bit would make the most sense until you find that that team that gives you the best chance to win. I want to go back on defense. Did Luke Richardson, 
for those who don't know, he's the defensive coach. Mm-hmm. Did he ruin Jeff Petrie's Norris season? By putting him with Edmondson? Yes. No, by putting him with Kulak. Sorry. Yeah. Edmondson's playing with Weber, which I still don't understand. Weber should be on the third pairing. And Edmondson should be playing with Petrie. Mete should be playing with Weber. Yes. Put the fastest guy on our defensive core with the slowest guy on our defensive core. I thought Austin Matthews' goal should not be happening. He got burnt behind the net. And that Morrissey one, he I, was standing like a screen for Jake I Allen. I hate to say it, but he's too slow for the game. And he's not making up with it with his hockey smarts, with his hockey IQ. He's not. We both know that. Yeah. No, no, 100%. Like he's you not. said, this was the perfect comparison. Zidane Chara. Older guy in the league, veteran, slow as hell, but still makes the right play. He's got the hockey IQ. Weber is making, he can barely get the puck out of the zone. He can barely hit, uh, make passes on the tape. He's not blocking and hitting as much as he used to. He got clearly a lot slower. Yeah. What is he bringing to the Habs lineup right now? A letter on his jersey. That's it. That's it. It's, it's sad, it. but that's it. Um, yeah, Edmondson should be back with Petrie. Obviously, the Sherrod injury really screwed them over. And what a stupid injury, man. Like, it really sucks to punch someone's helmet. I know what happens, but it kind of... it's Because a they have injury. to keep their helmets on during a fight, right? Is that like a rule? Or they don't have that, to. But they don't take them off anymore unless it just falls off. I think the last person to do so was like... George Paros, and he almost cracked his head open. Well, that's why. Hardest slap shot. Yeah, Weber, <laughs> I mean, look, he's good on the power play, right right there near the blue line to take that shot, if it's on net, at least. But other than that, I mean, five he, on five, he's a liability. He used to hit the net, what, four out of five times? Now I don't think he hits the net ever, no. ever. We'll be lucky if he does. And if it does, I mean, it probably has a good chance of going in. But uh, Frank says, I think the best young player should be on the first line. I don't know. I don't disagree. So what are we looking at? Kakiemi or Suzuki? I'm assuming you're going to say Suzuki. I, I really don't like Suzuki's play of late. I, I don't disagree. He's one of my favorite players, but he's not playing well. And but, took- but change something up. He's consistently playing with Drew a, who's also playing badly. Why are we keeping this line together? Can you, do you have an answer for me? Because I don't. Uh, I really don't. Like, he took two bad penalties last game. Like, two bad ones. Right, Suzuki? Um, I mean, they were the, the high stick at near the end of the game was, was terrible. Yeah, it, it wasn't good at all. And he even, it's not the first time he does it. He, he took another one before. When they were gained, I think it was the second period. Um, yeah. It, again, I've said it multiple times on this episode and on this on the live. I think that that line absolutely needs to change because it's not working. It's absolutely not working. And uh, there's absolutely nothing that you can do about it other than change the line. Because Joey's not playing well, Suzuki's not playing well, and Josh Anderson is, you know, over the last week has been... Semi inconsistent. So, with that being said, 
why not try different combinations? There's so many different players in this lineup that can, you know, move up and down, and I don't know why they're I don't know why that's not happening. Should we go to our question of the day? Yeah. Uh, la before before we do that, uh, Hot Zone Hunter says should Primo come in and, and uh, come in the game if Price is not ready? Yes, I think especially because Jake Allen needs some sort of uh, he needs some rest. The guy can't play every game. He can't. Well, plus they play the Leafs on Monday, so I don't think Primo should be playing the Leafs. So you have to give him the rest mm -hmm. Saturday. Yeah. yeah. I like Kid and Primo. Chris says Petrie needs to step up, step up his game. Everyone needs time. to step up their game. I don't think anyone should have. It's just it's just really unfortunate as a Habs fan because look for years now you know the best finish that we've had was Eastern Conference Finals against against the Rangers and that was a great series but unfortunately it didn't go in in our favor. However, as a Habs fan, it's been tough to see the Habs, you know, make it so far and not and not finish it strong. And it's so tough now, especially, that we have the team in place to be able to do some damage, and it's just inconsistent on a night-in, night-out basis. I, like, there needs to be... Something has to give. Something definitely has to give. Sam Wexler says it was a mistake playing Allen back-to-back. -back. I don't disagree. I don't disagree at all. Yeah, it, it's tough because it was just that first period, right? Those three quick goals. And it kind of it kind of ruined the Until momentum. Tillis has thoughts on Philip Deneau. I I think he's been playing a lot better as of late. A lot better. That line has yeah. been the only line that's been consistent in this past week. And I'm surprised it didn't slow down when Gallagher left. Mm -hmm. The Kotkaniemi effect. It could be the Kotkaniemi effect. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if it is. Do you want to go to our question of the day here? Yeah. Because maybe you guys can help us Wait, answer there, it also. Uh, I just no, never mind. Go ahead. I'll, I'll say it right here. What needs to be done with Jonathan Drouin? Is it a line change? Is I made my scratch? take at the beginning of the. I made my take at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, you did. But I'm gonna elaborate a little bit on it. I think, you know what? Maybe I was a little too harsh. Scratching him is is very, might be a little premature, but I think dropping him down in the line and giving him less minutes is a, is this is the first step. The, he's a guy that got his contract right. He has some money. Like, he, he got a, a decent contract, right? If I'm not mistaken. He was the highest paid forward on the team before Brendan Gallagher. In what, the $4 million range? No, no, five. Five. Okay. He doesn't... There, he has nothing to... Take this with a grain of salt. He has nothing to play for. Do you know what I mean by that? He's a guy who has money. He's playing in his hometown. He's, he's very comfortable. He was given... I think that's the he was given what he wanted. He was given exactly what he wanted. He got it, and now he slowed down. And I don't think I don't think that comes as a as a surprise to many. He's never had a, an exceptional season with the Montreal Canadiens. He's had his his highs and lows, like every player. But he's had more lows and highs. It's sad because, like, he's so talented. He's really talented, and it really sucks because he can do damage, but he just doesn't want to. I don't know if it's that he's he has skill like he does. Okay, but that's it, right? He has skill, and look, I don't like to. I I'll never judge an NHL player because they've made it to that level and they're there for a reason. But from what I see, game in and game out, Drouin has the skill, but not as much the hockey IQ. Yeah, and look, I'm not okay. Well, I don't want people to get pressed because 
because you know a lot of players are very skilled but sometimes you know make the wrong play based off their hockey knowledge or their hockey IQ but Joanne seems to be lacking that he's never in the right place at the right time right he's not getting any bounces to go with that and he seems to be very lazy defensively but often equally on offense so I don't know yeah hot zone hunter said it that's what I'm afraid of because yeah with with uh with Halifax right yeah, people are gonna. St- people are starting to think. I'm not gonna say are gonna start to think. People are starting to think that it's his boy. It's Dominic Ducharme's boy. So he's gonna play him, which uh, I don't know. I mean, know. if he's his boy, then I'd love to have to go after Nick Ehlers. <laughs> but Imagine. yeah. Oh god, that guy. What that a good season incredible. he's having. But uh, Daniel Visky also says back-to-back games allowing one in the first minute. What's the issue with? What's the issue and what's the fix? Look, he says the past two games. Not only the past two games. So yes, the past two games. It doesn't even have to be minute. back-to-back. They just do it. Sorry? It's not even back-to-back. They just always allow the first goal. Yeah, and it, well, he's saying like in the first minute, back-to-back games. But oh, in the yeah. past four games, not only has it been in the first minute, but we've also given up the first goal. And the Habs, stats-wise and record-wise, are not good when they give up the first goal. They have to come out a lot stronger and, and get that first goal because that across, across the league is very important in, in big games. Monday's the trade deadline, 3 p.m. Eastern. Like, I, I'm just, I'm really curious. Do you really think that there's going to be a move? For the Habs? Yeah. Look, I don't know. I, I truly don't know. But what I will say is that Bergevin is all in. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong? He's all in. This is it. Yeah, I completely I don't agree. see him being a Habs G. I don't see him being the Habs GM next year. Look, the Habs aren't going to miss the playoffs realistically. Well, unless they lose all five to Calgary. I I don't I don't even know what to say. Like the Habs are all in. Yeah. So he ha- he now got. I mean, I'm going to say lucky. It's unlucky that we lost Gallagher, but he he's lucky to ha- now have some wiggle room cap space wise. Mm-hmm. So now he can, you know, use some contracts to it is to it is excuse me, to his advantage. He went out and got Eric Stahl for the for the purpose, I believe, to bulk up that depth for a, a hopefully a long playoff run and for a tough end of season. Now you have to go and make another move. I don't know what it is. I'm not gonna even give any speculation on it because I actually have no idea what this guy's you gonna pull out of his bag of tricks. But he has to do something. If he if he truly believes in his team going forward this season, I'm going to end it on this. He has to do something. He has to. I don't know what it is. He has to do something. I think he does also. But we'll see what happens because I. It's sad. He's done a lot, but he has to do one more thing. One more move that's going to put the Habs over the edge in terms of their potential to reach that the best lineup possible. But they also have to play consistent hockey, which. They are not at the moment. Anything else you want to cover on Mark Bridger? No, I, think, I like him. Yeah, but I, I think we said enough on him. Yeah. Let's see if there's any questions here. I don't believe so. Yeah, some people see Bridger making one more small move. They're saying it's his last chance, which... Michael Sachs said Gusev just got placed on waivers. I, I... Paul Byron did also. Yeah, but that but no one's picking up that contract. Are you nuts? He's... Him and Lekkonen, he's, ar- he's already cleared, so 
if anything, if if a, if a team really wants him, and we talked about this with Gossespierre, what they're going to have to do is say they have any team that wants to trade for Byron has leverage in the trade. They're going to say, yeah. retain cap and we'll take him. We didn't take him for this much, so retain cap and we'll take him. They don't retain Even cap. at that, the Habs are not going to retain cap. And on top of that, even if you retain half of his salary, he's still getting paid one and a half plus million dollars. Byron? He's on a $3.2 million yeah, contract. Yeah, if you retain 50. Yeah, so yeah. sorry, not three and not 1.5, but mm. uh, yes, more than 1.5. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, no, so, you're paying, you're so, paying a huge chunk. But here's the thing. Mark Bergevin should, I, and I think he obviously knows, smart guy, that there's teams around the leagues, Detroit, Chicago, that have openly said, we'll, pay, we'll take cap. We have the room. You have to pay a premium, though. Look what Florida did. They took, yeah. They two prospects, and one of them was Henrik Borgstrom. He's a good player. He's a very good but player. But he went back to Chicago. I exactly. mean, not back to Chicago. Like, he was in the return to he Chicago. He went to Chicago because you have to pay. There's a premium to pay for cap room. Mm-hmm. So the only way you get rid of Byron's contract is to pay. And yeah. I don't think he's going to pay. Well, and, that, and, that, and that same statement goes for Lekkonen as well. The thing with Lekkonen is that you can do a one-for-one one swap. Yeah, but I just don't see like... You can make a hockey trade with him. Like, do you have any names in mind? I've said in the past, Shane Goss's beer. I said Vince Dunn. I think that's a little bit... I don't know. I prefer Vince Dunn. But I don't... Like, Vince Dunn is still... Do you think he's a top-four defenseman? I do. Yeah, I'm just curious to see how Bergeron feels knowing that Sherrod's going to come back. Is he is he still comfortable with this defensive core? When Sherrod comes back, we have arguably one of the slowest defensive cores in the league. In the league. Let's remember, Sherrod wasn't playing very good hockey previously. He was not playing very good. He was, he was not playing good hockey at all. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day... You like to have those big defensemen in the playoffs because it's a rougher game. Not as many penalties are called. They let them play out. And, you know, speed isn't as important. But when three of our defensemen are Joel Edmondson, Shea Weber, and Ben Sherratt, Petrie isn't the fastest guy in the world. Kulak uses speed from time to time. But then again, he's not, he's not an elite defenseman. So what I'm trying to say is that we don't really have that one guy that can take it from from our zone to the other zone with, with, with no problem. Victor Mete. Yeah, th- and that's it. And that's why I like him in the lineup. And that's why I think he should be given more of a chance. And a lot of people are harping on him and giving him a lot of backlash. But at the end of the day, I really do believe that he should be in our top six. I don't know why Edmondson was on the, the ice at the end of the game instead of Petrie. Did you notice that? I did. It was, it was, it Weber was Edmondson, and Edmondson and Weber, right? Yeah. That makes zero sense. But And you know why it makes even less sense? Not only because Petrie is our best defenseman, but it also makes a lot less sense because if the puck gets cleared, flipped up in the air, and they have their speedy Ehlers or their Shifley or their Kyle Connor. That's what happened. Empty net. Just retrieve it easily because Easy. no one's no one on our decor right now is stopping those guys with speed. All right. Well, we're nearing the end here. Um, it's been fun. It's been di- very different seeing all your comments. Um, I think we'll end it here, the live. We'll do our we'll do our predictions mm-hmm. behind the cameras. Sure. Just so that if you want to hear them, you can join and check out our podcast on appsculture.com. But we thank you wait, for joining. I, wait, wait, wait. Oh, wait. I, I like that comment. Yeah. I, okay, no, sorry. I don't like that. I don't. 
I agree that Kale. F- okay, <laughs> I, I still like Mete in the lineup, yeah. but I think Kale Flurry is a lot better. Not a lot better, but I think ugh, I think he should be in the top six. He, I, 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 I'm gonna keep Ooh. saying it. I don't know. I'm gonna keep saying it. What it's does he? Br- what does he bring that uh, that other players don't? There's a there's a difference though, AHL and NHL, but and I don't Kale know if he's Flurry's in a played 10 games in the NHL before. Yeah, I know he has. And he didn't look bad. Look. He's a big body. He likes to use his body. And on top of that, he has some offensive upside. But you have to keep in count the roster moves. That's true. That's also difficult this season. So that's up for... Because you're putting someone through waivers. Mm-hmm. And I'm not losing Victor Mete to waivers. Any team is grabbing him. Any team. Literally any team. Any team. I don't want to lose him either. All right, so we're going to end the live here. Thank you guys for joining us. Appreciate it, guys. And uh, yeah, maybe we'll do it again if, uh, if all goes well. See you guys later. All right, so that's done. That was fun. The Habs now play Saturday night against the Winnipeg Jets. The Laval Rocket play tonight. Cole Caulfield's Cole debut. Cole Caulfield debut. And, sorry to cut you off again, yeah, but uh, Joel Bouchard mentioned that he's getting top power play time. Didn't mention his line mates. But regardless, there's, uh, there's a lot to be excited I'm about. I'm excited. I'm excited. It's, by the way, and just, just to point out for anyone listening, um, it will be aired on RDS, mm-hmm. and it will be played on TSN 690 as well. Anyone interested in tuning in? There will in be that? a lot of viewers. I can feel It's in Toronto, the Marlies. It's not at the Bell Center. But still. But no uh, fans, so it's not like, you know. There'll be a lot of viewers. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, like, yeah, there will in be. person. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, your prediction for Saturday night against the Winnipeg Jets. Let's make it exciting here. Oh, my God. It's such a roller coaster. <sighs> Look, I consistently went back to, well, I went with Brett Kulak goal. I went to Joel Edmondson goal. That hasn't worked out. So, it's time to go back to another defenseman. Jeez. And I'm going to predict a Victor Mete goal. Victor Mete. On Saturday night. I'm going to be careful what I choose because I got it right last time. <laughs> Good for you, actually. Josh Anderson scored two, for those who don't remember. Felt like ages ago, actually. <laughs> right? Um, I'm going to go, and this is, <laughs> like, I don't even know if he's actually going to play. I'm going to go with a... 30 plus save win for Caden Primo. Wow. 35 plus save. No, 30. Win. Sorry. Okay. 35 is a bit of a stretch. <laughs> 30 plus save. So game. you think he's starting on Saturday night? I wouldn't mind it. Yeah, no, I wouldn't mind it. I think he's so talented. He's good. Out of Northeastern, seventh round pick, mm-hmm. you know, proved himself. And now he, you know, I think on any other team, he might be a backup, a consistent backup. Unfortunately, we have. Well, I say unfortunately. That's not what I meant. I meant Mm -hmm. we have $14 million in cap locked up in our two goalies. But what I'm saying is that, you know, on any other team, he might be a legitimate backup and a potential starter in the near future. Yeah, obviously, I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be the starter for the Montreal Canadiens in the future, but I like him in Laval playing games. And I think, honestly, from what I've seen on social media, the Laval Rockets have a serious, a, a very nice environment going on there. And it's sad because they don't have playoffs in the AHL this year. Do they? Oh, really? If I'm not mistaken. Mm, that's tough. But Is honestly, they, like I've seen, like uh, they all they they all blend nicely. Like yeah. Peeling, um, sorry, I'm like Yolonin, Harvey Pinard, Harvey Pinard, and then even um, 
like a couple of like Kale Flurry and Flurry, uh, Josh Brooks. Josh Brooks. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Caden Primo seems to be liking his time in the AHL. So hopefully that's good signs of things to come. Let's see how Cole does down there. Right? So excited. Yeah, I'm really excited. So once again, we thank you guys so much for joining. Um we'll catch you next time. And uh, yeah, sure. thanks again. Thanks a lot, guys.